Hello. Welcome to episode 20 of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we aren't going to use any of our other words that we've used in the past episode <laughs> to describe this case. I'm going to say that this is a fun episode. <laughs> wow. And everyone's it's, probably like, why the fuck is she using fun when we're on a true crime <laughs> podcast? It's a little different than the typical. Yes. Well, I don't have anything fun or interesting to start us off with. Should we just dive right into it, Sid? You dive right in, Peyton. Awesome. Well, today we're going to take a trip to our first international story. I'm super excited about that. I had to throw that in there. (laughs) It actually takes place in the country up north of us, our neighbors of the North Canada. We are going to British Columbia, which is for those that aren't geographically intelligent like myself. Um... (laughs) That is on the west coast of Canada and borders the Pacific Ocean. It's jokingly called the land of the lakes. But what is no joke is the size of British Columbia. It literally says that in my notes. Just had to say it. It's the Providence is actually four times the size of France itself, which I was looking up random British Columbia facts and was like, holy shit, that's freaking huge. So, what is that, like, in comparison to, like, a state? Oh, crap, hold on. Like, is, like, Texas? Is, like, half of Texas? Is it not comparable to states? I know, like, a lot of the European countries, like, they're really small compared to, like, the states. Like, when my great aunt would come and visit from Germany, she'd be like, oh, let's drive to Arizona. And we'd be like, no, like, we can't do that. It's really far. But, like, they can do that, like, there. (laughs) How big is British Columbia? It's big. (laughs) Bigger than most U.S. states. Bigger than most countries. So, let's see what it says. I just feel like the country's... It's larger than the U.K. and Ireland put together. Okay. It's bigger than Japan. Okay. New Zealand. And it can eat all of the state of California. Okay, perfect. As well as Florida, Georgia, and some of the other surrounding states. That puts it into perspective a little bit more for me. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) So it's big. (laughs) Like, how big is big? Okay. (laughs) Well, now we answered that. (laughs) Perfect. British Columbia is also known to have the most moderate weather in all of Canada, which makes it a great place for outdoor activities, especially being out on a lake. And that's exactly what we'll be talking about today. A specific lake, Lake Okanagan, and its infamous lake monster, Ogopogo. Ogopogo is described as having a snake-like body, measuring anywhere from 15 
to 60 feet, <laughs> sometimes even way more depending on the sightings. Some reports listed up to 100 feet. The head is to, said to resemble either a snake, a horse, or even a ram. Sightings vary, but one picture shows a snake-like head with eyes and teeth. Oftentimes, Ogopogo is described as having dark, multicolored skin, usually black, gray, brown, or green, with many humps like a serpent might be. Essentially, like, curved. So if you've ever seen a picture of the Loch Ness Monster... <laughs> Where it might be like curved humps. That's literally what I picture in this description. Just like Nessie. Yes. <laughs> it is the Nessie of Canada, essentially. is Actually, I'm pretty sure articles I read said that. <laughs> yeah, I read that too. Ogopogo is the, the Nessie, like basically the Nessie of the closest town, I think, was Kelo- Kelowana. And that's yes. what it was considered to be. Some say it has horns. Others don't. Oftentimes sightings say it appears to look like a log floating in the water that just came alive very quickly. Around the area, it has quickly become a mascot of travel. And there can be a cartoonish statue of the creature seen around just as one might find of Bigfoot in the Great Smoky Mountains or in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I have my picture with some of those Bigfoot statues in the UP. <laughs> Ogopogo sounds like a fake made-up word, so I get it. People are already skeptical from the start, but its history is a lot older than any of us can really truly comprehend. <laughs> Lake Okanagan was formed more than 10,000 years ago when two melting glaciers flooded a valley named the Okanagan Valley. It's the largest of five interconnected lakes, and it stretches over 79 miles. Some reports said as big as 85. And it's actually received its name from the First Nations people who once inhabited this area way before the colonization of Canada or the U.S. took place. As early as the 1700s, the First Nations people acknowledged there was a creature in the water. Potentially even before then, but that's the earliest accounts that they can date back to. The First Nations people called it, and I'm going to apologize if I butcher this, I've practiced it so many times. <laughs> Naaik. I think that's as close as you say that five times fast. No, I cannot. (laughs) That's as close as it's going to get for me saying it. Um, I watched a video clip of someone saying it too, like um, a native speaking about Ogopogo. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to repeat it like they said. (laughs) So sorry. Don't mean to offend, just really genuinely can't say it. Ogopogo is considered the English word for it. However, it loosely translates to sacred creature of the water. It also has other translations like water demon and water god. 
According to some natives, the miscommunication happened when early settlers came to the region and interpreted the beast as a monster or demon instead of a sacred creature. However, according to native lore, Na'aik or Ogopogo <laughs> was a spirit that required live sacrifices for safe crossing of the lake. For hundreds of years, the native people in the area would bring small animals with them on trips to sacrifice while on the water in a certain area where the spirit was believed to live to ensure their safe passage across that channel of lakes and rivers. There's even a tale from the First Nations people that's been passed down of a visiting chief who refused to make the sacrifice and acknowledge the demon's existence. When him and his family got in their canoe to cross, Ogopogo whipped up the surface of the water with its large tail, and the chief and his family's canoe were sucked to the bottom and drowned. There is even a famous drawing of two people canoeing away from a lake monster that has been dated back to 1872. So the evidence in the area is nearly at least 150 years old alone, and that's just from the English settlers in that area, or the white settlers in the area. It's important to note that in a couple articles I read, the native people in the area now don't necessarily regard Ogopogo as a real creature in the water, more of a sacred spirit, and that through colonization and tourist attractions, it's been made to be something that it's not. Although I will say some of these sightings over the years would disagree and go to show that the sacred spirit may have potentially inhabited the body of a real creature. Wouldn't you say, Sid? <laughs> Ogopogo is real. I know. I have, have a whole section of my final thoughts. So <laughs> You just have to watch the videos. Ogopogo is real, people. I literally referenced that I watched a video and then at the end, in like one section in the sightings, but I leave it till the end to give everyone my opinions. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> I love it. Early settlers in the area heard the stories of the creature in the water from the First Nations people, and as mentioned, there have been traditions in place for hundreds of years amongst the natives acknowledging this creature's existence. Also searching archive papers, you can find sightings of the Ogopogo lake monster creature, whatever you want to refer to it as by the white settlers dating back to 1872. In 1890, Captain Thomas Shorts was steaming on the lake when a creature appeared that he described as finned, about 16 feet long, and having the head of a ram. Captain Shorts turned his boat in the creature's direction and it disappeared from sight, with most not believing his account of this creature. In 1914, a group of Nicola Valley and West Bank Native Americans found a carcass on shore that was bluish in color, weighing about 400 pounds, and it was anywhere between six to eight feet in length. The creature had 
flippers and a tail. So most believed it was Ogopogo, whose head and long neck detached during decomposition. However, others believed it may have been a manatee with no explanation how a manatee would have gotten in that lake in the first place. In 1926, 30 cars of people were on the beach that day and witnessed a creature with large humps in the calm water rise and fall, creating a large wake behind it. All the witnesses agreed it must be Ogopogo. And this is my favorite fact. I just get really excited. I just told my grandpa about this when we were on the phone earlier. This is the most credible monster sighting in all of history. More than any Bigfoot sightings, any Loch Ness monster sightings, anything. And it's due to the large number of witnesses all at once, seemingly with no other real connections to each other, all having the same story. Isn't that insane? Especially since, like, I think... You pointed it out, you know, the best way, that they had no connections to each other. So these aren't, like, people that it's, like, you know, that's my best friend, and that's my cousin, and that's my brother. Like, yeah, we all saw, we all saw the same thing. Like, we're trying to get money off of this. Like, we're all going to tell the same story. Like, these people didn't know each other, so why would they, like, collaborate to all tell the same story? Like, exactly. They're not going to stick up for Joe Schmo from Tourist Town. Exactly. So that's extremely interesting. In 1968, the most credible documentation of Ogopogo was created, or at least to date, or at that time, I mean. A man named Arthur Folden shot video footage of an animal moving across the lake and leaving a tremendous wake behind it. He was driving along the road when he saw the movement in the water next to him he pulled over and shot the footage he estimated about how far away it was i think he said originally like 300 meters um in case anyone wonders i have been translating meters to feet (laughs) um because i don't know meters 300 meters is about 985 feet it's a lot of feet I know 12 inches in a ruler, which is one foot. So that's a lot of rulers is what I was putting in my head. So, yes, he estimated about a thousand feet away. So, like, three and a half feet. Three and a half feet. Jesus fucking Christ. Three and a half football (laughs) field. (laughs) I'm dying. I'm actually dead. We're moving on from this topic. However, (laughs) in 2005, the National Geographic show, Is It Real?, decided to investigate Arthur's footage and determined that the distance from which he recorded was incorrect, and it was actually way closer than he estimated. (laughs) And so, basically, what that meant for the video footage is that they determined it was a real animal in the water, but... Because he was a lot closer than he estimated, the size of the animal had been greatly exaggerated, as well as its speed. 
determining that it was not the lake monster that was captured on footage. Likely an otter. <laughs> That's lame. I know, I saw that update and was like, man, I really don't want to include that, but I gotta tell you guys the whole story and all the facts. <laughs> National Geographic ruining all the fun. In October of 1978, Bill, I hope I say this right, Stusick? Stuckick? <laughs> We're gonna figure out which one's right, and I'll edit it to sound right. <laughs> I'm just dying over here. <laughs> I gotta go today. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I've done literally nothing productive at all today, so I don't even know. <laughs> I took today off and watched Netflix literally all day. Wait, really? Yes. Dude, I'm so jealous. I worked. I went to the gym. I cooked dinner. I donated a plasma, and I cooked dinner, and then <laughs> all the time in between was just Netflix. I watched, like, the the, the Fear Streets, the first two Fear Streets. Oh, my God, they're good, right? They're really good. All right. Last one, if we ever finish this. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to stop talking. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to talk about... Ogo Pogo! In October of 1978... Bill sick is my best guess, was driving along the bridge on the west side of the lake when it saw something, when he saw something monstrous in size moving in the water, so he immediately stopped his car and stopped all the traffic behind him. I'd be pissed, but Bill exits the car, moves to the railing of the bridge, and apparently was joined about 20, by about 20 other drivers I'm guessing all originally coming to yell at him <laughs> and <Probably>. they all <laughs> like I was reading this and I was like I'd be livid like man what are you doing <laughs> but they all witnessed this movement in the water for a minute or two until the creature just disappeared in the 1980s, the tourism attraction for Ogopogo was a great moneymaker for the region. So a local tourism affiliation actually offered a million-dollar reward for irrefutable proof that Ogopogo exists. Greenpeace heard of this and decided that it was going to declare Ogopogo as an endangered species. So it could only be captured in film not in the flesh, or by killing it. Which, in my opinion, is very smart. I agree with that. I think that a lot of people would be doing some miraculous shit for a million dollars otherwise. Like, throwing guns and, well, I guess, throwing knives and shooting at this thing to get it, to get their million dollars. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> in 2011... Richard Holes produced a new video that he captured, which was something without humps, but darker in color than any of the waves and going parallel to the waves. This video footage, unfortunately, is widely determined to be just two logs in the water, at least in the most investigator's eyes, anyways. 
photos of Ogopogo have turned up on a regular basis since the 70s. In total, more than 200 eyewitness accounts of Ogopogo exist, which just bolsters the lore of this creature. And that's like eyewitness accounts recorded in archived news reports. <laughs> yes. So it's not the random people that thought they saw something but might have been on drugs or prior correct. to keeping tabs on it. And there are different instances. So if you're like those 30 cars full of people, that counts as one. <laughs> like, just so we're clear, yeah. here, folks. <laughs> like, there were a lot more sightings, and I just had to pick and choose the ones that I thought were good. The sightings have been taking place, as mentioned, as early as 1872 and continue to be reported to this day with new video footage popping up just back in 2019 that I'll say I personally watched. (laughs) It's important to note that that reward money has never been claimed. Now, there is a lot of rationalizations and investigations that have taken place trying to prove or disprove Ogopogo. Sydney, what would you guess it would be? (laughs) What Ogopogo is? Yes. He's the real deal. He is the Loch Ness. (laughs) Same creature. So you're 100%. It's like a real like giant lake serpent with flippers, just like they described the Loch Ness Monster. Well, okay. So I read a couple different theories, which I'm assuming is what you're going to go into. But (laughs) one that particular, which I'm assuming you're going to go into. Do you talk about, um, like a living fossil? Probably. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't want to ruin it then. I just think that there is this creature that's actually real it's just maybe that we haven't discovered it yet or it's something that we think is already extinct okay so that is one of the things i have a lot of people explain the creature away as like sightings of otters waterfowl or other things i think that's fucking weird um i guess their explanation is that otters a lot of times will like be single file or, like, almost kind of appear that way when you see them in distance, kind of bobbing out of the water so they could look like humps. Oh, I guess that would make sense. Because I was, like, trying to get some answers. I'm like, how the fuck is this a group of otters? Do they move in sync like that, though? You'd think that they would, like, you'd just be, like, a bobbing shit show out there, just bobbing nonsense. They're just kind of doing their own thing. Like, I don't know. It didn't seem realistic to me. A lot of the answers are, like I mentioned, logs. Um, I guess there is a timber company on one side of the lake, so there are a lot of floating logs that do appear in the lake, and that's pretty common. So, I mean, I guess I could see that for being something people see. Another thing... splash, though. Okay, right? Or, like, leave a giant wake behind them? Or disappear. Like, it's still... They don't just, like, still be underwater. <laughs> no, the log would still be floating if it was floating from the get-go. Or, like, 
would stay in the same spot or something. Like, it doesn't just move. Agreed. Okay, so there's one explanation of something that we know exists right now that I could understand. And anyone who's been fishing in a freshwater lake, especially in the Midwest area, you have heard of the fish known as sturgeon. Sturgeon can grow very large in size. Um, There were reports in a Canadian lake a few weeks ago, saw the article of it being like 40 feet long. (laughs) They are like prehistoric looking. They're creepy fucking looking fish. I've caught sturgeon. I know what they look like. (laughs) So they can be very creepy. So I guess that's kind of understandable if maybe that's it. But that doesn't explain the hip, hips, the humps. <laughs> um, it's just like a giant creature. And furthermore, nothing I found even confirms if sturgeon are in the lake or not. The last few ones said they probably are there, but they don't know if it's actually in that lake. Yes, I had also read about, um, so I mean, obviously, like, these have been sightings that have been going on for X amount of time. So, like, this sturgeon would have been there for 100 plus years, because I had read that there was dams that were built in the 1920s that blocked things from, like, the lake from the other rivers, like, from getting in. So, like, it would have had to have been there and stayed alive or, like, had babies with something for that long to be locked in that area interesting so other beliefs as i think you were hinting at Sid, is that it could potentially be some sort of prehistoric water creature and there are a couple that date back millions of years so one is a basilosaurus i'll say the various descriptions of it and ogopogo and like what this prehistoric whale essentially look like are very similar. They have many fins and a like long head, neck area, a tail and everything. It's quick in speed. It is anywhere from 30 to 60 feet. And it can kind of have the horse that, the horse, a head that resembles a horse or a ram, which I thought was pretty fucking wild. And then the other one I saw it compared to was a plesiosaur. So it was like a long-necked marine reptile, which is what I think a lot of people speculate Nessie is. I think so, too. I think it's just... You can go ahead. I was going to say, these creatures are considered extinct nowadays. So I just want to throw that out there. That those are, like, ancient dinosaurs. But sturgeon themselves, those fish, have been around thousands, if not, I think it's millions of years. Like, Mm -hmm. they are prehistoric fish. So it is possible that those creatures do still exist somewhere. And it wouldn't be the first time that they thought that these species were extinct and then they found something of it where it's just more or less that they're, like, near extinction. Correct. And you got to think, our planet has a lot of water sources that have not all been searched. I think it's something like less than 50% 
of the ocean has even been searched. So there's a lot out there that we don't know about. It's true. So all these scientists or people in general just might be under the impression that, oh, we haven't seen one of those in a long time. They must be all dead. When in reality, it's just we haven't searched the right areas to find those few that might still be out there living. Correct. And I would say that due to the insane number of sightings, it has brought a lot of cryptozoologists to the area. They've kind of done their own research and investigations. Um, I have three specifically I wanted to mention before we continue on our final thoughts (laughs) and our opinions, and you can add anything you want, Sid. But one, in 1991, there was an underwater exploration using a remotely operated vehicle to survey the depths of the lake. Went all the way down to the deepest parts, 840 feet. No creature sightings, no carcasses found, no evidence of Ogopogo. But, my personal thoughts on this, Ogopogo is said to dwell in the underwater caves near and underneath like Squally Point or Rattlesnake Island in this lake. So if they're just going to the deepest parts, they weren't in that area. So technically they might not find anything. Just my justification. That is true. Bill, whose last name I cannot pronounce correctly, and had his bridge sighting in 78 where he stopped all those vehicles behind him. He's revered as the local Ogopogo man. (laughs) I had to include that because what a title. I want that to be my life one day. The Ogopogo man. (laughs) That's so cool. Like, this is, he literally does this for, like, his livelihood now. He runs a website. He's a true believer. And he's gone on several expeditions himself. To try to find answers and prove the existence of Ogopogo. First one happened in August of 2000. Basically, they scoped out an area quite a bit using sonar beams. And they're trying to see if there's anything in or around the caves near Rattlesnake Island. Does not appear they used any underwater footage. They were using simply like the sonar radars. They did catch something out of the ordinary. It said on the 18th day of the search, which is just like way too much for me, but whatever. Um, Their sonar picked up a large, fast-moving object in the water not too far from the boat. It moved quickly in the 35-second scans and then disappeared just as quickly as it had appeared. The crew was pretty satisfied with the search, noticing that, noticing, noting that the creature was almost 50 feet long and was rapidly moving underwater in depths of about 25 feet. So I'll just, if it's about 50 feet long and it's in depths of 25 feet, it cannot be explained by otters or logs, people. (laughs) This is why I had to include it. (laughs) That's a lot of otters. 
like way too many otters. <laughs> they must be like holding on to each other's back legs. Yeah, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. There's no way that they get, and they can't all be in sync. Like, are otters right. smart? <laughs> so the second expedition Bill and his crew took was August of 2001. They did similar sonar sweeps in different regions of the lake, kind of where the channels of other rivers that flow into the lake from those other nearby interconnecting lakes. And that's kind of where a lot of the recent sightings have been concentrated in, or at least the recent sightings in up to 2001. Again, their sonar picked up some large moving things in the water, but this time they actually couldn't describe it definitively what they were or whether it could potentially be an abnormal to large fish. They really weren't sure, but they were still pretty satisfied from the first expedition. Lots of people have used remote-controlled underwater vehicles to explore the lake, but nothing I could find noted anything about actually exploring those underwater caves Ogopogo is said to dwell in. That's all I have. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) Sorry. It is a lot. (laughs) Did I miss anything? Did you want to add anything? Um, I just have a few, a couple things that I found that you didn't mention. And then I also wanted to mention, I guess, the first time that I ever heard of Ogopogo. Yes, Um, please. (laughs) So back in my day, (laughs) when I had time to enjoy life, um, (laughs) I used to read books a lot. That was one of my big things. And the Boxcar Children actually have a book that is The Creature of Ogopogo Lake, which references this, like, Loch Ness monster creature. And when you had sent me the article about Ogopogo, I was like, I'm pretty sure that I read a book on this back in the day. <laughs> and then I looked, so it, funny. I looked it up, and I was like, Ogopogo, like, mystery or something. And I was like, The Boxcar Children. I was like, yep, definitely read this back in, like, 2006 or 2005. Like, absolutely. Oh that's so funny. I didn't know that. I've never read that book. I actually never really read the Boxcar Children series. I but used to back in the day. <laughs> I was gonna say there's like a ton of pop culture references. Mm-hmm. So I, I found think that's really interesting. Yep, lots of pop culture. Also, just like references in general. I had found um, there's an Ogopogo Brewing Company. They have really cool shirts. Um, really? I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. In Canada. I believe so. Sweet. I gotta. Do, I want to take a trip there so bad now just to, like, be there. <laughs> the lake in general, though, was, like, beautiful. Like, it didn't look like it was, like, Canadian at all. I was thinking <laughs> it was, like, somewhere, like, European. Like, it was just beautiful with, like, these mountains around it. No offense to our Canadian friends. I have never been to Canada. I look at pictures of Canada all the time because my dream trip is... A massive road trip up through the UP of Michigan to Canada, all the way through Canada to Alaska. And everyone always thinks I'm crazy, but God, I would love to see all of that nature. Um, this is also probably how I would die, according to a lot of true crime podcasts and stories and cases. But seems about right. <laughs> I guess all um, the parts of Canada I've been to haven't been very intriguing. I just drove through Canada. I went to I Niagara mean- Falls. Okay, that's fair. I actually have never even been to Niagara Falls. It's fucking 
three and a half hour drive if I cut through Canada. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> yep. Canada side's pretty cool. New York side's pretty lame. Okay, so that's what I heard. So we were going to go, but with all the restrictions with COVID, we didn't know what was going to happen within the next month and a half. So we're actually just going back to Tennessee. But <laughs> um, lame. I. We love that area, though, so it's really, we like the Smoky Mountains, too, but I was going to say, Canada, I always think of it, like, most of the time of year is freaking cold, and I think of that because I think of, you know, Canada even further north than the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Here in the Lower Peninsula, we have winter, like, six months out of the year. The UP has it, like, seven, eight months out of the year. So I figure, okay, you go even further north, it's going to be true. more winter. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. But I was looking at pictures overall, not just that lake, but British Can- or British Columbia. And I was like, holy fuck, this is beautiful there. Yeah, it's very beautiful. I was surprised. No offense, people. I guess I just didn't know what it looked like over there. I just had made assumptions out at Canada, one point. Man. <laughs> right? Uh, a couple other things that I had seen, though, that I just want to throw in there. Um, Ogopogo had actually appeared on an Unsolved Mysteries episode. And... I that. Uh, yeah, I tried to find the episode, and it was, like, the one YouTube video of it that I found was, like, all staticky and trash. So I'm going to have to look again at some point. Yeah, I wonder if I can find it on one of it's the... Probably- I think you can Probably pay like for the episodes Prime. on Amazon Prime, yeah. I think so, too, because I was going to look at that and then just got sidetracked. I had also seen, okay, well, two things. So the tourism office in that area no longer promotes Ogopogo, but the legend still remains as popular as it always has. Um and only 16% of British Columbians are said to believe in the creature. Which I felt was extremely low based on the mania that had happened of it. But I don't know if it was like just tourism mania or if it was an actual British Columbian mania. Same. But I also saw, so when I was reading an article more of like the Native American history and like their thoughts and opinions on all of it. They basically, their belief is, you know, it's turned into more of a real creature than, like, their original stories of a sacred spirit. To be honest, the First Nations people that were there in the area don't exist anymore. It's their ancestor tribes that are left. And so, obviously, it's thousands of years from when they were first formed, hundreds of years from when the story was first recounted. So it's like really hard, obviously to track it down, whether it was really something that they believed there, or if it was more of actual spirit. And now they're just trying to like figure out the translation of it all. But anyways, the article ended with, if you're in the area and you visit the lake often, you're going to see something. And -hmm. whether it's, you know, you interpret that as Ogopogo or it's something else. No matter what, you're at a giant lake like that. You're going to see something weird. <laughs> That's true. That is true. It's very interesting. Yeah. I'll say this. I watched that video clip from... I've seen a lot of the pictures, obviously, doing research. But 
I saw a couple clips and I was like, eh, I don't know. Then I watched the one from 2019 and was like, holy fuck, that's real. It's a fucking lake monster. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some weird ones. I got super extreme because I was literally watching it like, Jacob, come watch this. And he was ignoring me playing his um, video games because that's my life. Um, <laughs> but he... He was not impressed, but I'm, like, literally watching this clip, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I watched it, like, five times. I'm a firm believer, I think, from that clip, at least, that at least something fishy is going on, guys. <laughs> it's definitely something else. Yes. It cannot be explained by otters. What I saw was not otters. It wasn't logs. Definitely not logs. Something going on. <laughs> something underwater is happening. Well, maybe you guys can head to our social media pages and check out the pictures we post. Or in the info on this, check out the sources and see some of the clips or pictures and Google it because there's lots of videos that come up and tell us what you think because I'm leaning towards Pogo might be real. I'm thinking so too, but if you guys think it's otters, let me know why. Yeah, we want an explanation of how you see it as otters. Explain it. I would be happy to fight with you or argue with you via direct messages. <laughs> I just need a new eye-opening uh, point of view, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, Sid, you got some uh, jokes and facts for us today? I do. What do you want first? Hit us with a fact. The first frozen margarita machine was invented in 1971, and it was based off of a soft-serve ice cream machine. Huh. Interesting. Drinking margs in the 70s. I mean, they weren't wrong that was a good idea ice cream machines margaritas are one of my favorites ice cream machines and margarita machines okay hit me with a joke why didn't the taco chef show up for work why he had a bad case of the flu (laughs) (laughs) i like that one I just like queso. Same. <laughs> and using queso. I know. In nothing, other contexts. Nothing's going to top it last week when you had a whole ass audience to laugh at your joke live. But hopefully everyone giggled at that queso joke like I did. I hope so too. That audience though, that just made my head bigger than it already is. So, <laughs> I don't know Thanks. if we need more of those moments. <laughs> Um, do we want to do a true crime trivia question or not? Yeah, if you got one, let's throw it out there. Okay, do we want a cryptid one or a horror movie one? Uh, let's do a horror movie. Okay, of all horror movies, we never guessed Chucky to be based on a real-life doll, but he is. Which real-life haunted doll is the character of Chucky based on? The options are A, Robert the Doll, B, Annabelle, C, 
Peggy the doll and D Juliet the doll. Shit. I'll tell you this right now, guys. I'm just gonna say this: don't Google Peggy the doll if that's what you're gonna do. Just don't Google that. Don't Google image it. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do, actually. Oh I was gonna, no! <laughs> I was gonna Google the dolls after we end this phone call. Okay. Well, apparently, just looking at images of Peggy the doll can potentially make you sick, nauseous, headaches, stomach aches. Don't do it. <laughs> My recommendation, you've been warned, I can't be held liable. (laughs) I'll let you know how I feel after. Okay, bet. (laughs) Uh, If you have not yet, folks, check out our website, tacosandtequiliapodcast.com. We update it weekly with all our episode guide information. You can also see, like I mentioned before, some cool pictures of us when we were kids. (laughs) They're pretty cool. Being weirdos and creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing has changed. Nope. (laughs) You can also find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram at just Tacos and Tequila. Am I forgetting anything? (laughs) Nope. You should slide in our DMs. Tell us a case you want us to cover. Yes, please. Let us know if you have any cool stories involving a case, too. Yes, please. You also, um, there's a contact sheet on our website as well that if you can always shoot us an email that way. Absolutely. Give us some stories or case suggestions. We greatly appreciate it. Um, But that's all I got. So uh, I guess we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>